It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Guess what? <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 593. Yeah, that's what it is. 593 of Locked on Raptors for Wednesday, October the 30th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked on Podcast Network. We have got team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked on Fantasy Basketball. We've got Locked on NFL shows covering all the NFL teams. We got locked on NHL. We got so much for you to check out. So please, if you are so kind, please subscribe, rate, and review to whatever shows on the network that you support. It's very much appreciated, and uh, we'll be forever indebted to you for doing that. All right, on today's show is a very early morning recording time. As uh, my guest has noted, it's the first time we've ever done one, and it's still fucking dark outside. Joining me is Katie Heindel from the internet. How are you, Katie? <laughs> Good morning. Uh, I'm great. I've already had so much coffee. I feel good. Oh, I'm just digging into the first mug right here. Enjoy it's, uh, it. Yeah, it's it's vital stuff right now. Uh, I probably shouldn't have started the podcast without even beginning the coffee. It's probably reverse order of things I should have been doing, but uh, we're here It'll anyway. It'll be good. You'll get like yeah. revved up in real time. Yeah, and you'll get like authentic morning, Sean. I'm not like terribly grouchy in the mornings typically i'm usually pretty okay but i uh i'm just kind of dumb in the mornings it's sort of <laughs> how my bad mornings manifest themselves what about you katie are you a morning person uh i'm grouchy like immediately upon waking but then mm. i'm actually grouchier when i'm tired so i think in the morning again i'm just like slow to get going but it doesn't take me that long i guess begrudgingly i am a morning person I'm so, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got some stuff to talk about today. There's like not a ton of like terribly huge breaking news, just like a bunch of small newses that happened yesterday. Uh, and there's also a game against the uh, Dwayne Casey led Detroit Pistons, and they don't have Blake Griffin, and it's kind of depressing. But uh, the Raptors play the Pistons tonight in Toronto, and so that'll be interesting, I'm sure. We're going to get into that and the sort of existing Dwayne Casey curse and sort of touch on what we think the status of the Dwayne Casey curse post-title might be, because we haven't really considered this. I'm kind of intrigued as to what you think. Uh, and there was a couple other bits of news. Drake made some coats that are uh, loud. And uh, what else happened? Oh, Alex McKechnie got the bag, which is very cool. And so let's sort of bounce around, I guess, Katie. What thing from yesterday with the Raptors interested you most? Um, the jackets. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically, specifically uh, the nickname. Like, I'd like to see all of the nicknames that Drake 
decided to put on the jackets of every individual player, but fascinated yeah. the most with his choice of nickname uh, for for Fred, which is just like AKA Twin, which is like as far as nicknames <laughs> go, pretty shitty. <laughs> I get it. We all know what he means, but like, yeah. I don't know if if that's the range of nickname that all the other guys got. I know OG didn't even get one; he just got OG. <laughs> yeah, but I mean still, that is sort of a nickname for him. True, but then Freddie got two. He got like Steady Freddie, and he got AKA. Oh, in quotations, twin. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh. It, it's would you wear one of these jackets before us before we get to the nickname which i'm still grasping with as i try to caffeinate uh the jackets are loud they're interesting they have the same font that the shirts that he made after they won the title had uh the greatest in the world or whatever um like would you wear one of these jackets yeah hell yeah i would <laughs> um, i have like an equally loud detroit bad boys jacket very topical for today but it's okay. like kind of in a similar vein it's not nearly as flashy as these jackets yeah i'd wear one i would also would like to wear one um and have drake come up with a terrible nickname for me what would your drake created nickname be i don't know think? that's the thing i don't like <laughs> i'm i feel like i'm pretty decent at coming up with nicknames so you'd have to like drake like seems like a you know very talented musician um, not that talented at giving nicknames. <laughs> I uh, I'm disappointed that he didn't go with Steady Freddy, aka Melons, as I'm trying to make that happen this season. It's the one thing I'm trying to do this season. You know, I could do good work That's and all that stuff. No, gross, I just want to make. But it's Freddy also Melons? like your nickname, <laughs> your decent nickname, um, much better than uh, quotation marks twin. <laughs> Because then I, I feel like see... someone else probably got quotation mark friend. <laughs> friend. <laughs> Marc Gasol, a.k.a. tall. <laughs> yeah. This is the kind of caliber we're going with. So I don't know. Maybe I get quotation mark blonde. Okay. Let's quickly go through all the players uh, and get their quick Drake-style <laughs> nickname. So we know OG was OG. So that's that actually kind of fits pretty well. Uh, Chris Boucher, what would his name be? Quotation mark, duck. Duck. <laughs> he removed the slim qualifier. Yeah, no, I, I think that's good. Um, Marcus Saul, I know I said tall, but just Spain, not, not even big Spain, just Spain. Work. Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> uh, Danny Green. Snakes. Snakes. I was going to say threes, but snakes is better. Uh, Serge Ibaka. Mm. Also snakes. <laughs> say like s smooth or like slick, I feel like is a Drake qualifier. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Wouldn't it be like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> you just did uh, it. <laughs> you just did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, coughing fit. That wasn't pleasant. Uh, I, yeah, I can't come up with something better than that. 
Jeremy Lin. He would probably just use Lin Sanity again. Oh, I was just going to say hair. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, in, still in quotations. Yeah, no, all of these are in quotations. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle Lowry. Oh. I was actually thinking about this because we don't really have a good nickname for Kyle. Yeah, she's like Kalo. It's probably Kalo. what he'd put. He'd probably yeah. put Kalo or brother. Brother, yeah. But in quotations. <laughs> yeah, dad. <laughs> uh, Jordan Lloyd. Photo oh, quotations. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or like sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, Patrick McCaw. I'm thinking, just like you know how a crowd screams at someone to shoot if they're wide open. It's just shoot. Yeah, that's him now. Yeah. But I think he would just kind of uh, riff off his last name and put like bird or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jody Meeks. No idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Were you stunned um, to see Jody Meeks at the ring ceremony? By the way, what 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 kind of emotions? No, I was so that? happy. I mean, he yeah. he surprised me in the summer because he chilled in Dubai for a really long time. Um, I love the summer vacation. That's a good summer vacation. Yeah, he looked like extremely cool um, for a lot of his summer vacation, but. Right. No. Um. Probably he would just write like Meeks. <laughs> <laughs> Jody Meeks quotation Meeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Malcolm Miller. Um. I have no like. Does he even does he have <laughs> basketball reference nickname? I'm gonna look this up. I, I can't imagine Malcolm Miller has a basketball reference in the game. He or, would probably uh, write Eminem. <laughs> Eminem. That sounds lame enough. <laughs> uh, Norm Powell. Ooh. It might just be Norm. It could, yeah. It would like Norm be Powell. Norm. It's Norm. I wonder <laughs> if he would acknowledge the curse and do like "Go, Daddy." <laughs> uh, or like acknowledge his ownership of the Bucks and be like "Deer Hunter" or something like that. But I, I don't think he would. That's go getting that too creative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then Pascal, just skills spicy? probably right. Skills spicy only has spicy. spicy. Or skills is like. What happened to skills, by the way? That went away. I guess when Yak Yak left, Yak and skills really came yeah, off the tongue. It got, it that, got retired. Yeah. I think yeah. it would either be spicy or like the pepper emoji embroidered, but still with quotation marks. Oh, I around. like that. <laughs> yeah. Just this totally just jogged a thing in my in my mind that I've been thinking about. Is spicy P a good nickname? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't it could be it could be better. Yeah, it doesn't make you think. But of I think he likes it. Asparagus at all? <laughs> asparagus? 
Yeah. What kind just, of asparagus are you eating? <laughs> my, the asparagus itself isn't spicy, but you know what it's supposed to do. It's, it makes – I don't want to – it makes your pee smell bad. Perhaps you would say, oh, oh that pee smells spicy. I just – for me, I – Maybe I'm connecting too many dots that aren't even there, but spicy pee, it feels like – I don't like to not like the nickname because it's just kind of a thing now. But more often than not, when I think spicy pee, I think, huh, that guy should go to the doctor. You know? No, I don't (laughs) think that. Now I'm always going to, and I feel like you've also cursed everybody listening. I'm sorry. I just, it has to be said. It's... It's like I like how it's creative and like Siakam, I think, came up with it himself, but it's kind of like playoff P is worse, obviously. Oh my but... god. Let's let's move on. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> I just figured that was a tangent that should be inserted uh-uh. into this for some reason. Uh yeah. we got more stuff to get to, but first I want to tell everybody about Indochino, who are great and are one of the companies that's bring this podcast to you today. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with 30 bucks off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering the code LOCKEDON at checkout. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And uh, now we begin the next segment of the show, and we will no longer talk about what we talked about in the first segment. That's gone forever, and uh, it's probably best for everybody. Uh, Katie, Dwayne Casey is in town tonight to play the Toronto Raptors. Uh the Pistons just really, really depressed me, man. They have Derrick Rose now, which sucks. They Blake Griffin's hurt. It just feels like a team without much in the way of like reasons to root for it outside of Dwayne Casey, who's very likable. How are you feeling about this game going into tonight? How are you feeling about how the Raptors are playing going into it? And how, most importantly, are you feeling about the Dwayne Casey curse as it heads into its second year? Yeah, I think this might be the most diminished we've seen the curse. Um, this first meeting tonight, <laughs> yeah. I still feel uh, like an affinity for Detroit. I very much like Andre Drummond, but the rest of the team, I don't know. As you said, it's it's like looking pretty bleak. I don't know who who else is there to like. Langston Galloway's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Vaughn's all right. Recently found out he's Australian. Um. Wait, he? Thon Maker. Who's? Oh, thought. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. He's always been Aussie. I know he always has been. But I, just, <laughs> I just found out. I don't know why that was a thing um, I said. I'm yeah. I'm still working on this cup of joe. He's always been Australian. Um. Yeah. Like no. I'm not worried. I'm maybe I'm more worried for the first time for Casey who may play relatively desperate basketball because he knows the curse is loosening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't get over the Derrick Rose thing with this team. I find it just so gross and yeah, it's it, interesting it because sucks. like, yeah, like it's otherwise a pretty wholesome and cool team that like is easy to root for if they're not very good. I mean, you like Drummond, Drummond's fine to me, but like, I like Blake Griffin a lot. I think Blake Griffin's awesome. And I want to root for, uh, who, Tony Snell. I don't know who else they have. It's bad. Um, but I also want to root for Dwayne Casey's success, but I just can't in good standing do that now. And I, it's interesting and maybe not at all surprising that I now find the Wolves to be very cool and interesting to watch where last year they were just kind of like, uh, oh yeah, Derrick Rose is on that team. I don't want to watch them anymore. So I, I'm having a hard time getting excited for this game tonight uh, to watch this new Pistons team. And I'm also not really worried about the Dwayne Casey curse. I feel like it's probably going to come to an end tonight. It just feels like the uh, the vibe of the Pistons is not really conducive to picking up a win over a very good and sound team like the Raptors and I I'm, I'm sorry for Dwayne but I kind of feel like it's going to end tonight and I kind of think the nature of the curse is most fitting in the year like last year the year right after you fired then it was like you didn't feel bad at least I didn't feel bad I welcomed the revenge games I felt like yeah. he was getting kind of like his comeuppance a little bit and now that's all been like served out by the universe yeah. so yeah. yeah the curse i think the curse has reached its natural conclusion did the title officially end the curse do you think yeah for sure yeah. because then it's like the title and the year because then it's like Dwayne can still be you know it's like kind of the perfect ending because he can still be like look I, I took these games on this championship team but then they also are the, won the championship everybody yeah, wins for sure. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, like, I don't know. This game bums me out, but we can talk about the Raptors, I suppose, and sort of what they're looking like heading into it. Um, we haven't really spoken about the team since the season started, Katie. We talked about the uh, Serge Bach episode that came out. This, was there, there wasn't a new episode that we're missing, right? We're, we're not screwing no. that up. For okay, how hungry? Good. I don't think so, no. Okay, that's good to know. Um, but so with how the season's begun they're three and one their defense looks great OG's popping up siakam looks like he's kind of finding himself even though he's still got some struggles tied to it despite his insane numbers um i don't know how you feeling four games in with a bit of a tough schedule to come with the road trip coming up um and you know the the not terribly difficult schedule so far the loss of the celtics probably the toughest team they've played what are your sort of early impressions on this year's version of the Raptors? I feel good. I mean, that Boston game was a bit upsetting, if only because of like 
the lack of rebounds and at times everybody looked kind of lost and I don't know that's obviously something that's going to be concerning going into these like this west coast road trip but all that said it's like extremely early I think in the season to be like that worried and it's not just the Raptors but like every team they're going to be facing this is like the first the first for everyone because like most every team changed so much in the offseason that I do feel like every matchup every first matchup is just going to be sizing each other up you know yeah I am like I'm excited to see them play the Bucks. um I'm excited to see them play like a back-to-back against the Lakers and the Clippers because I think it'll be tough but it'll be a good test um even like yeah the oh and then they play the Blazers which I think is like a really interesting and kind of like equal matchup it'll be like fun and fast and like it'll really I think like Siakam could really and Fred could really come out in those games so I like I'm more excited than nervous I think the team looks good I think I mean most pieces look good Mark Mark <laughs> looked a little bit confused um when they played the Celtics he fell down a lot like <laughs> I feel like his his like gameplay was like extremely tied up in his mentality during that game. And anytime he kind of like fumbled something up, he just fell down on his butt. So yeah. Like if he can get it together or if like, maybe you start starting surge instead because he's been playing pretty excellently and like powerfully. <laughs> yeah. He's been, he's been awesome. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Gasol, though, like it was nice to see him actually have a nice game against the Magic, and I guess Nick Vucevic was sort of the cure to his ills, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. like, oh yeah, I get to size up this jabroni all day. Excellent, can't wait what, to do that and the uh, Magic, turn my season around. Yeah, the Magic game was like a good game, I think, to like go into this next stretch with because you know that's a team they're going to look pretty good against. Um, yeah, and like plays pretty fast and kind of weird, so. Yeah, I don't know. I feel good. It's like too early to be worried. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's not really anything I'm worried about. Even the minutes thing is like, tell me if we get to game 15 and Kyle's still playing 38 minutes a game, then I'll be worried. But for now, I'm just like, oh, they're trying to actually someone posited a pretty interesting theory to me last night because we were talking about this on yesterday's show. And like someone was just like, maybe they're just trying to rack up wins before the very hard road trip. And that kind of checks out to me, actually. Like that makes some sense as they get everyone else sort of indoctrinated into the system. And then as they hit the road, they'll probably sort of spread out the rotation a little bit more, um, which makes some sense. Um, the couple games coming up, the, the the Bucks one I'm interested in just to see how the, sort of this version of the Raptors stacks up. The Bucks have not looked amazing so far this season. They're still like two and one and they look like the Bucks and Giannis is incredible, but uh, they haven't quite hit their Bucksiness of last season. Um, and I'm curious to see how Pascal's going to look in that matchup because, like, he's probably going to be guarded by Giannis, and I think that's going to be his first, like, real intense test of sort of what his new lot in life really is. And, and I guess Isaac was, and he kind of passed that test pretty glowingly after some struggles and finished with an efficient 24 and looked really, really good and had the big crunch time buckets and stuff like that. But, um, I'm really curious to see how the Siakam Giannis matchup goes down because I mean that's sort of the comparison people throw out for Pascal. It's sort of this early phase is like, oh yeah, Giannis of a couple of years ago as he's sort of learning his powers. And I I don't necessarily think Siakam's 
the same player or a similar even style of player as Giannis. I think he's sort of a little different, but I can't wait to see how sort of the gauntlet of last year's postseason translates into how he approaches the defensive matchup of Giannis, assuming that's what Giannis is going to do and guard him in the game, which I, I don't know why they would go anything differently. Um, that, so that's a fun one. Is that sort of like, what other sort of things from the Bucks game are you looking at? Cause like it is a, it's a game against a team that the Raptors should be worse than, but we're still early enough in the season that you can only, almost talk yourself into anything and maybe, Hey, like if they come out and like smack the Bucks, then maybe that sort of changes our perception of things. Yeah, I guess like I'm still not sold. Like I'm not sold on preseason rankings for anyone. Um, yeah. Be it like the Bucks or the Sixers, um, even the Raptors. And I think like yeah, on paper the Bucks are an amazing team, but as you said, they're you know the first. They they kind of came shaky out of the gate because I think they've got so many new pieces on that team, and they're still trying to figure out how it works and how everybody works, just like most teams are right now. Um, uh-huh. I think like. I don't know. They always have the, the Bucks, though, like do seem to always have these like natural Raptor stoppers. <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, weird pieces like Ilisova or like probably one of the Lopez's are going to be like prickly points um, for the Raptors. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Like aside from Giannis, like nobody on this team really freaks me out. I mean, their length is going to be a problem if, like, rebounding stays the way it is for the Raptors, but I do think they kind of smartened up on that in the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last, year, last year's playoffs really, to me, uh, in, in, with regards to Chris Middleton in particular, really sort of dispelled a lot of rumors about how good he is and how, like, meaningfully good he is when it comes to, like, real like crunch time basketball and same goes for Eric. Bledsoe. I mean, that dude uh, is like deserving of a ring essentially for what he did to the rap for, for the Raptors in that series. Um, and so I, yeah, I'm in the process of trying to be resold on the bucks, I think because of what I saw in that postseason series and like, yeah, the Raptors barely won it and they, you know, survived by the skin of their ass a few times, but the outside of Giannis, they just didn't really feel all that imposing to me. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, yeah, the Raptors barely won, but they still won. And I think that like in the playoffs, you got to eke out some pretty like gritty wins as they did. Um, It shouldn't be that way in the regular season. So maybe if anything, I'm looking forward to seeing like an easier win. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's like, again, it's just like, it's right now it's just kind of about flow i think like as as all these teams like match up in the first few weeks and seeing like where the pinch points are going to be how they sort of already like adjust in real time um mm-hmm. and yeah like i don't know the bucks the bucks and the sixers still don't really freak me out yeah uh the sixers are i find to be terrifying because Embiid is a monster but even then they're not like destroying teams just yet yeah um Everybody's picking up speed. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. 
or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one guy who has not really had to pick up speed, he just kind of picked up being awesome. And then we can close on this. I'm just curious what your sort of early impressions have been of Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. The Raptors play them coming up soon. We'll probably talk again before that game comes up. We can go into further depth, but um, I'm just I'm curious how you have been consuming the Clippers so far this season because I truthfully thought it was going to be easier to just like watch the Clippers and not be sad, but <laughs> I have not found that to be the case. I am a little bummed watching Kawhi go out there and like Lou Williams after. Like, I know people like Lou. I hated the season he was here and couldn't stand it and uh, probably missed out on something by being like, a, Ooh, you should stop taking those long twos kind of guy. But um, I still have those like lingering feelings of contempt towards the Lou Williams experience and just seeing how like happy they all are there, seeing Patrick Patterson thriving. While that's cool for Patrick Patterson, it does feel it's just like a little hard, man. I don't know. How are you sort of coping with the Clippers and watching their games? Is it like been an issue for you at all? Or are you uh, a more stable person than I am? (laughs) (laughs) I I will say like the first thing that the first thing that I digested uh, for the Clippers was my friend was at the opening, their home opener. And the first thing she said to me when it was over was that all of the, Everyone that played well was an ex-Raptor, which made me yeah. really happy. Um, and yeah. when it, when framed that way, I was like, yeah, of course they are. You know, like we did that. <laughs> but I'm with you on Lou Williams. Like it took me a long time to come around to him because I did also not like him very much when he played uh, for Toronto. Um, but otherwise, like I'm enjoying watching the Clippers from afar. It's going to be a different mm. story when they play the Raptors, obviously, um, because I think, you know, like a bad breakup, and a run-in with an ex, it will bring things up you thought you were ready for, um, but you were not. Yeah. And but I like I like this team because this team to me mirrors so well the Raptors of like, I mean even last year, but years earlier without Kawhi, just being yeah. like secretly deep, having a lot of like weirdo mismatched pieces that like kind of all come together on this team and fit uh, and get to really thrive like. Patrick Patterson being like a focal point again, like them just saying like to (laughs) telling him to like shoot it, you know, just like let it rip or whatever. Like that makes me quite happy because he was like pretty lost in OKC. Um, Yeah. I don't know. There's not, I don't hate anyone on this team. I hate yeah, I, yeah, the condor, it's, but that's it. <laughs> see, I like the condor. Um, but but it is just millennial like, condor. No, <laughs> it is just like an objectively cool team. That's the thing I'm having a hard time sort of reckoning with is like, damn, like maybe he was totally right to leave because oh. and, and like I, I and for like his reasons to be happy and all that stuff are, are separate from it. Just like this team's awesome. And playing with all these guys it sort of perfectly complements his skills 
and he seems happy. And I'm that's the thing I'm glad for is like in his post game interviews and stuff. He's like mentioned multiple times, like I'm just so happy to be playing in front of the hometown and like, playing in front of my family and stuff. And like that actually sort of makes it easier for me to deal with and sort of warms the heart a little bit. But I uh, I'm having some issues just like enjoying the Clippers experience so far, as opposed to just being jealous of it. I think that'll change. And I didn't get to watch the first game against the Lakers just because I was covering the Raptors opener and I didn't get home in time to watch the game. But the, I do think like the next time they play the Lakers and I get to watch that, that'll probably sort of make me realize, Oh yeah, no, the Clippers are the good guys here. <laughs> like, it's, it's, Yeah. They're, they're going to definitely... beat a lot of teams that you hate and they're going to beat them yeah. badly. Um, which was, is going to feel great to watch. Yeah. Like they're going to uh, punk the jazz and I, yeah. I look forward. To that. <laughs> <laughs> they are just like, and also I think if, for anyone who's having a tough time watching Kawhi on this team, you got to think that like, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be on this team and this team wouldn't have the momentum it has and neither would he unless he came to Toronto and like they did everything they did last year because like that was essentially like his first shot back after being out for a while being like pretty questionable being almost like this black sheep of the league just given like the fallout that he had with the Spurs uh, and like their medical staff their front office whatever blah 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 he was kind of like almost untouchable for a minute yeah. So now to like watch him kind of steamroll back, like I think it's hard to look at that and not be happy for him. And then by extension, not be happy for the Clippers. And then also the Raptors for like being the bridge in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi's best moments and sort of his first moments as like a sort of relatable, likable superstar will always have come with the Raptors. And that's something to find solace in for sure. Yeah, um, and the Clippers are probably just going to copy almost exactly it, what the Raptors did last year, which could also make you feel good. And they'll surely do it more lamely, which will also make you feel good. They already no are. Be cool. <laughs> yeah. they, they already are with the like slogan stuff and just like all the bits they're doing. So just wait for like the gameplay to match pretty closely what the Raptors did. Yeah. Last year. For sure. Uh, the nice thing, too, also to find solace, and we can close on this, is the Raptors kept the main part of the big two that they had last season on the team. Kawhi Leonard and Alex McKechnie. McKechnie's got the bag. He's going to be around a long time. He got promoted. He is now the super-duper medical man for the team. That, I believe that's his exact title, and he's going to be around a long term. Uh, what was your reaction to this news, Katie? It, it's so cool to me how McKechnie has become like a cult hero. I mean, he got the crazy ovation during ring night. And now like the news yesterday of him signing was like legitimately exciting news for Raptors fans. Whereas like a year ago, I don't know if it would have quite been the same. I mean, he always had a good reputation, but it's kind of cool to see a medical guy be almost like star level in terms of his just like appeal within the fan base. And I don't know. What, were you, what was your reaction to the news and sort of what do you think it means? I was stoked. I mean, this guy has like received so many accolades. Like he has six rings now. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> running out of fingers. Um, <laughs> and now he can just buy himself new ones if he wants because he's got so much money. I mean, it's well-deserved. Like he, he kind of like he developed a strategy that they were able to implement right away and probably lent really well to what we were just talking about. Like this Kawhi, like, you know, bridge and championship year. 
um, that he got to have with the Raptors because they had someone that was like taking care of him and looking out for him. Um, I'm happy for this this Scottish rogue. <laughs> <laughs> this Scottish rogue. <laughs> I'd like to hear yeah. him talk more, but you know, I feel like he would have some good things to say. Open Gym, I think, should do some close work with him. I'm with you. Just but, yeah, the massage table with Alex McKechnie. Just the conversations he has with play with players while he's uh, yeah. working them cat. Yeah, he'd have some good adages, you know. Oh, I I, I think for sure. I also think like. You know, maybe it's reading too much into, you know, signing a medical professional for a longer term. But I do think it sort of speaks really highly of the team and sort of gives me even further optimism for what they can do as they start to fancy themselves like a free agent destination. I mean, it was said before going into last season how much Kawhi was going to love Alex McKechnie for all the reasons that he ended up loving him and appreciating him and everything. And like that word will spread. That word is going to go around. And I think if the Raptors are going to be making this pitch to teams or to players in the future, like, hey, come spend your prime with us. Try to win championships with us. We will take care of you. There's not really a better sort of way to say, hey, this is how we're going to do it than having Alex McKechnie on hand because of the reputation that you mentioned. Like, it's just so known around the league. I mean, it was news worthy enough yesterday that he signed the deal that Brian Windhorst wrote a piece for ESPN about it. Like that is not nothing. And like, maybe the Raptors don't end up signing a free agent like they want to in a couple of years, but with what they've put in to sort of marketing themselves as a franchise that can, that can be competent and run a guy's prime properly. And also have guys on hand who can take care of those guys and make sure they're, performing to their peak abilities i mean they've kind of done everything they can to put themselves in the position to be a free agent player and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but you cannot fault them for doing everything impossible and sort of flexing their financial might in a way that few other teams can just because of who the ownership group is uh in a way to sort of maximize what they can do when you get to summer 2021 yeah like they're i mean what they're doing what they're doing and what they've shown to do like before this they're investing in the team that they do have the team that's carried over and like yeah. you said, I don't really think there's a better way to signal to the rest of the league, whether that's like even people there, free agents, they're like potentially targeting or just down the road. Um, anyone that might look at the moves the team has made and say like, yeah, like they they really care about longevity there. Um, they really care about like doing things right. There's no like kind of quick fixes or quick solutions. And like if you go into that system and like you work within it, uh, and also, like, bring something new to it and add to it. You'll be rewarded for it. And I just think, like, because because it's still not a hundred percent clear what's going to happen to the team after this year. Um, I think that's the best possible way to like lay this foundational groundwork that's going to last in other ways. Totally, uh, Katie. We somehow went into an episode with very little plan, and now <laughs> we've gone all over time. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That seems like a pretty good place to leave it. Katie, thank you for coming on on this fine morning. It's light out now. That's great. Uh, And my coffee's gone. You've seen the sunrise. (laughs) 
What a great way to start the day. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are better ways than talking to my yammering ass, but I appreciate you jumping on anyway. Uh, if you, what, what, what do you got going on? What do you want to plug? Yeah. Um, if you are interested in like weekly, concise, uh, very funny and fun roundups of news happening all across the NBA, you should sign up for the Hoop Talks newsletter, uh, which is a weekly newsletter on Tuesdays, which I am writing. Uh, and it's great having a lot of fun with it so far. Um, if you are familiar, and if you're not, I hope you familiarize yourself with a website called The Classical. Uh, it will be revived as is tradition this Halloween for a spooky story by me as well. Uh, yeah. Some of which have been read on this very podcast. So I hope, <laughs> I hope listeners are familiar with it. Uh, otherwise, sign up for Basketball Feelings, and you can follow me on Twitter at whatevs. I uh, I can't wait to read the spooky tale that you got in the, in the works. Um, I'm going to repost the Duncanstein episode from the summer yeah. <laughs> uh, tomorrow for Halloween, so keep an eye out for that. If you have not yet heard it, uh, it'll come out tomorrow, and uh, I'll post it ad-free as well, just for you guys. Um and what else? Uh, I mean, we're probably going to have to read your new piece when it comes out uh, at some point over the next little yeah. while. We get a bit of time of the I schedule. I don't get ahead of myself or like to to my own horn, but it's incredible. <laughs> I can't wait. I uh, am not shocked to hear that at all. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Please subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. It's very much appreciated. Uh, you can still purchase We the Champs if you have not yet done that. And uh, we'll be back again on Thursday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. We're going to be joined by Paul Lawton of the Welcome to Toronto podcast, a former guest of the show. He's going to jump on and we're going to talk about the Pistons game. And then there will be the repost of the Duncan Stein episode from the summer if you have not yet heard it. So stay tuned for that as well. We will talk to you next time with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.